0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is presented by Forever Cheese. Learn more at forevercheese.com.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Joe Salonia. Our next guest is CJ Beiner, who has opened the cheese shop of Des Moines when he was 28 years old and has gone on to also open a cheese-centric restaurant called Cheese Bar of Des Moines as well. When CJ is not in the shop or at the cheese bar, he is usually found enjoying time with his wife, Carrie, and family or on an ambitious fishing expedition. CJ, <laughs> welcome to Cutting the Curd. Hey, Joe,
3: thanks for having me.
2: Right on. Well, I've been wanting to uh, have this kind of conversation with you. Uh, we always have like a brief little interview every time we talk about cheese whenever we're, uh, uh, whenever on, we're on the phone. So uh, I wanted to have you on the show leading up to the American Cheese Society Conference, which will be held again in Des Moines, Iowa, a place where you reside and throw down your cheese game at the cheese shop and at the cheese bar. Um, there is a variety of cheese professionals with different backgrounds that will attend the ACS, right? And for different reasons, some for education, some for networking opportunities, some for showing off their amazing talent in cheese making. For me, I love the cheese, and I love uh for someone who does not make cheese, I love eating the cheese. And it's all about engagement, supporting, promoting, connecting, representing cheese makers to the broader community. Um when I say this out loud, these are some of the tenets of uh, what I know uh, why uh, the American Cheese Society was started. And it also sounds like a great way to run a cheese shop, especially the way you explain in my past conversations how you run your businesses. So does that resonate with you as well?
3: Oh, totally. Um, You know, I'm so blessed. To have the opportunity to host ACS in Des Moines again, last time it was here is 2016, and yeah, it seems like yeah, time dude, flies, huh? Yeah, right. Well, I thought it was like um, four minutes ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> we have a really amazing uh, visitor bureau and convention center, and we're a really great value. Um, the airport and everything—I mean, flights or—I mean, everything kind of lines up to be a perfect host city for a conference like this. Um, I used ACS, you know, and I, 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 you know, when you talk about reasons to, to attend conference, um, it was the excitement of finding the next new thing, you know, and then, you know, when the awards are announced, you know, texting the shop to make sure that we we have all those cheeses, you know, noted uh-huh. and, and, I mean, it's just such an exciting time. I mean, I can't uh, just... Blown away that it's going to be here again, and really look forward to showing off Des Moines because Des Moines is a really a really amazing place. Um, everyone that comes and visits, um, Matteo Keeler uh, was just here uh, about a month ago, flew in just to visit and do a dinner with Andy Hatch. Just wow, like a, you know, cool. just a typical Monday, right? You was hanging out with it's a Andy Monday, and Mateo it's a Monday a in dinner. Des Moines,
4: huh?
3: Yeah, I um, got really lucky customers, and they know <laughs> it too they, they know it but um Mateo is just like I love Des Moines it's you know it's beautiful everyone's friendly it's so clean it's easy to get around yeah. it's like has great restaurants and it just it, it really does check all the boxes I shouldn't be I shouldn't be uh gloating so much because you know I don't want it to get too big you know uh-huh. too fast we're like the perfect size but it, there
2: was not a lot of traffic. I remember when I was, uh, I don't know, downtown and I, uh, I'll forget, I'll forget what year I was visiting. Uh, and uh, I was like, Hey, I'm going to be at the shop. And you're like, yeah, come on, come on over when you just, I'll see you when I see you. And then I, and then it was like rush hours, like five o'clock. So I plug in <laughs> the coordinates to get to your, uh, shop and it was just a blue line to your shop it was like nine minutes i was at your shop at five o'clock yeah there was
3: everywhere (laughs) you can get anywhere in des moines in 10 minutes and there's no such thing it's no
4: such thing as you can't
2: can't drive around the block in an hour sometimes in new york (laughs) (laughs) it's incredible um but like uh it's so great i mean so so in a way your cheese shop becomes almost like a a a mini museum for all the acs you know uh, talked about cheeses and uh, I guess for and
3: for obviously what might be come what is your normal set? Yeah, you know, I feel I feel like a stamp collector a bit um, uh-huh. when it comes to things like um, you know what we do. You know, we sell cheese. We also sell beer and wine, um, uh-huh. chocolate and conserva, and we've done that since we opened 12 years ago. We'll be 12 right years in November. Well, um, we've just gotten we've gotten so much better at it, um, but we we're you know, we're really just, we're, we're ahead of the curve just enough. Uh-huh. We were weird. People did not get us Our cheese smoke funny. I kept telling everyone they should eat sardines and, you know, try some wine they've never heard of, you know, that had no sulfur or something, you know, they were just like, what are you talking about? You know, right. I remember trying to explain orange wine 10 years ago to somebody in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Finally, okay. I was like, it's like orange juice, you know, it's just like orange juice. I'm like, okay, cool. I got that. All right. Good. You, yeah. you are All ahead right. of the <laughs> curve though. That's yeah, I mean, mean just at the, the right time though. Just, I really, yeah. I mean, I really am blessed and really would like, to, and I recognize that because, um, that everything lined up perfectly. We, uh, we opened the shop in 2011. Everyone said I was crazy. Um, I would be, I went on a sabbatical. So travel around the country, uh, to glean knowledge uh, from producers and other retailers and, and, you know, mentors really uh, they become but um and I would I would you know have a drink or be on an airplane or something and just make small talk and say I'm opening this shop and they would be like oh that's exciting you know I'm in Boston or something like, well where is it going to be Des Moines and they're like, oh that will never work don't do that like, have you ever been to Des Moines Iowa like what I really recommend. yeah it's like and usually and I, I I believe this to be true uh if people say it's a it's not going to work it's usually a really good idea
0: you know, when, everyone says,
3: like, when everyone says, Oh, that, yeah, exactly. But if everyone says, Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, that's an Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I got, I had the same idea. Then it's, it's probably not gonna, it's not a great idea. It's not unique enough. In that novel, it's not special. Yeah. Yeah. The, the timing was
4: perfect.
2: Um, I mean, it, did, it wouldn't seem it though. I mean, like, you know, like by, by most measures it's 2011, you're just, we're still barely crawling out of the, re, the great recession. Right.
3: Um Young a guy bank would not. Yeah. Bank right. would not give me money. That's for sure. Uh-huh. I got laughed out of multiple yeah, you, banks. Wow. But you're, you have
2: a, you're a young strapping man. You're in your twenties. So you have, you have a youth on your side. That's always great. Right. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. I was like 27 years old. Um, well, unreal.
2: Um, and then like, but how, what led to this decision? How did you get to the point where you're at this 2011? Like, so back up a little, like what, What did, how did you get into cheese? So back up a little, how did you get to that point?
3: Okay. So like most of us interest in food and agriculture, um, and then you just go down the rabbit hole and, Uh you know, and you realize all food is agriculture. Agriculture is amazing. It's tied to, you know, the planet, the planet's amazing. It's just like, Oh, this is a big thing. Uh, It's really big. And I just I love food in general all anything you know if it you know is sustainable and delicious I'm like sign me up Did I read your chef by trade too did that uh not by not by you know credentials or anything I never got any certificates um for culinary but I was that was my aspirations um out of school I never went to secondary school or anything I just went you know read Anthony Bourdain's kitchen confidential and said I'm going to do that he said don't uh-huh. go to school go work in a kitchen I ended up working in a in a kitchen, but it also had a market and a cheese counter in a wine shop. It was kind of like a Oakville grocery kind of thing. Okay, it was like Napa, s but in Des Moines, Iowa. Okay, (laughs) this was in two thousand. Okay, so way ahead of its curve. And I I just you know I was going to take over the culinary program. I was determined to do that, but uh, I had a great mentor, uh, Barb Horn. She's still a, a dear friend. Uh, She's since retired from cheese, and she lives in Mexico now. I can't wait to go and visit her and, you know, hang out down there. <laughs> that sounds awesome and good for mm-hmm. her. But uh, she, uh, she would give me little samples of cheese, and I, she was testing me. I didn't know this, but she was testing me, so she would give me Cotswolds or something. I'd be like, yeah, that's, yeah, no, I'm not, like, really into that, you know. I need a breath mint now or something. And then she gave me Oso, oh, Ira tea, on a tea Oso, you know, huh. classic Classic, and I, at that time, you yeah. know, again, I'm 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 like 20 years old, you know, younger than I'm, 18, 19 years old, and um, I'd never had a sheep smoke cheese before. I mean, who had in 2000? There was no Food Network, there was no term "foodie," you know, none of the none of these things. It was not cool to be in food. It wasn't cool to even be a chef. I mean, in any regards, definitely not cool to be a producer or farmer. Uh, it was very early on, but I tried this cheese, and I I remember I just immediately followed her to where the cheese was stored in the cheese case and looked around. I was like, is there other cheeses like this? (laughs) What is this? And that night was like a big wine tasting. And I remember I sold the whole wheel of cheese and the owners kind of looked over and they're like, he needs to stay there. And I've been behind the cheese counter ever since.
2: Wow. And so how did you hone your, your chops? How did you go from that to opening the cheese shop though there had to be some things in between i'm gonna guess
3: yeah being told i'm just being told no you know just constantly being told no (laughs) having a really great idea and being told no multiple times it's just like okay you know what i just need to do this because i'm sick of being told no and i'm sick of doing the wrong thing at the same time you know not all my ideas are great but come Mm on no one was listening um I was at a market. I opened a really awesome market, it's still in Des Moines called Gateway Market. It's a hybrid kind of co-op vibe with the cafe. Cafe's really the anchor there. Amazing food, Ramen. They were like rolling out their own ramen noodles. Uh, it was all opened by a, a chef, George Famaro, who's a good friend. He's amazing. And um, they've you know elaborate prepared foods and cheese and wine, and then there's also a bakery element too. But um, cheese and wine were a big anchor, and they brought me in to, to open the, the cheese and specialty side of things. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a you know a truly um, dream uh, come true. I I dreamt of working in a market like this and having complete control. Um, but one day I just realized that I was just you know I wasn't gonna ever get to go to the next level because I was in this kind of high volume uh, cut and wrap type scenario i i remember this vividly i wanted to put in a gravity cool we know what that is right no fans just like a enclosed case uh-huh, where right. everything was yeah. in in like static you know, cold static air yeah kind of exactly thing. and do uh-huh. all the all the the you know bloomy cheeses and like yeah. geo cheeses in this case and like treat it like make it real special because those cheeses were dying or just you can't really sell those the packaging's gotten so much better do you look like Mm-hmm. Uh, what people have done uh, with packaging, and it's it's unbelievable. This time though, it just that wasn't really a possibility. And I wanted this case, and uh, it was one of those instances. I was it's the last no, we'll call it. <laughs> and uh, instead, uh, the money was spent on a Burkle slicer, which I was really against the Burkle slicer, uh-huh. um, mainly because I mean it's just like it's like a Ferrari. We it's like we don't need a Ferrari. We need well, You don't want to like well, the budget. You mean. Yeah. Is that what it was? You didn't like, want to spend like, eight, eight, on a slicer slice or... at all. Yeah, but you know, the chef partner and everyone's like, we need this purple and the, the stand and everything go with it. And I'm just like such a you know you know no. <laughs> and uh, at that oh. same time, um, I think we got our first shipment of Winamere. Uh-huh. I, I I tasted that cheese and I was very Eurocentric up until then. I just didn't think American cheese could ever would ever be anything and i tried it and just said what is this this is unbelievable it's like that same light bulb when i had you know also for the first time and i immediately sent an email and i do this still to this day just send random emails to producers and yeah. they typically never respond but um Mateo responded he said, go. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And yes, we, we were, you know, consulting with moans. i had visited Moans the year before and he said, and I noticed some similarities cause they just opened the cellars. And I saw pictures and he's like, yeah, I want you to come visit. And, you know, you can do a working interview, you know, if you're interested in an internship and I'm just like, yes. Internship to make cheese or something the else. Cheese. Yeah. And yeah. that's, and at that point, you know, I just, I knew I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought maybe making cheese, um, would be, be that, that, you know, that thing I was looking for, I realized I did not want to make cheese, making cheese is, um, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't have the social appeal that I need. Mm-hmm. I, I love the people I worked with. I'm still dear friends with all those, those people. Um, and it's amazing. They're all still in cheese as well, too. Mm-hmm. I mentioned, uh, Veronica Pedraza. It's uh, uh-huh. so She's knocking it out of the park. I think making the yeah, best, Unbelievable best, domestic maker. Best, best domestic goat cheese being made in the United States. I mean, across the board, she's killing it. I mean, she has her awards to kind of stand behind her in that. But she was the cheesemaker there, we, and we were dear friends. Um, so, wait, so at the same time, you're saying, yeah. So I you, came on, and she, she was making cheese at Jasper at that time. So, what and year are we talking uh, about here? This would have been two thousand eight, two
2: thousand nine, two yeah. thousand eight, two thousand nine. During the Great Recession, you were you were making yeah. cheese uh, with Veronica Pedraza at Jasper Hill. Yep. Wow, that's
3: pretty cool. No, that's and I, what point. I realized—what's really cool—is I realized I didn't want to make cheese. You know, and again, and I, the that? social aspect—I just so miss socializing. You wanted to be more. I miss the customers. I miss efficient. sharing. I miss yeah. the the random conversations. You know, it was the same conversation and the same music. And it's <laughs> it just like being married. You know, I had group of four. We just all talked, you know.
4: Yeah.
3: And it was great. But um, making cheese is a lot of work. And I knew that. But it's a lot of, um, you know, I, I jokingly call it yeah, dishwashing. Because that's what it felt like I was doing, uh, especially as the intern, right? There's um, a lot of was washing in cheese. Yeah, you're washing wash, and I was like, I just cleaned that last night. And it's like, clean it again. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, man. So, very, so I mean, I think bad. I got a culture like one bat and feel Like I didn't, I did very minimal cheese making, but I, I learned enough. I, you know, again, I learned I didn't want to be a cheese maker. That, um,
2: that's an important um, lesson. And you got to know yourself and, and you were able to play to your other, to your
3: strengths. Uh, it was Yeah. Well, it's 80%, no it's 80, 80% just that sanitation. Oh, um, sure. and, then, and then, you know, 10%. Uh, a note taking and then maybe 10% cheese making and the cheese in that part was just awesome. And I love that. And you know, like that whole alchemy, it's amazing. Incredible. And what a great, amazing, amazing place to learn too. And uh, I could have stayed. I mean, I I was very tempted to stay. I'll never forget um, midway through uh, my internship, sitting just in the office, doing a sensory, like a, a tasting um, at the cellars and Andy Mateo, the brothers, the Keeler mm-hmm. brothers wheel their chairs, you know, really intensely <laughs> towards me and stare me in the eyes, you know, this intense uh, stare. It's I like, what this. are you doing? And it's like, Oh my God, what am I doing? I don't know. I'm eating cheese. No. What do, what do you want to do? Like, and I just, it came out of me. It's like the exorcist or something. I'm like, I, I want to open a shop in Des Moines and I want to sell your cheese and all this other amazing cheese that's made here domestically and, and show it to the, the people in Des Moines that really have no idea uh, any of this exists. And I just think it's a great market and a great time for that. Like, great idea. And that was it. <laughs> that's a cool story. was that, a cool
4: connection too. That's how um, it happened.
2: And, and did you say in a past conversation, did you say you had an Ant and Saxelby moment that you want to share? Is there a connection with, with this too
3: in this? In this yeah, well, I was mentioning, I mean, I'm so honored to be on here because I remember listening to Cutting the Curd uh, uh, with Ann and um, she gave me a lot of advice and ACS as well. ACS is such an amazing resource for anyone in the industry or anyone looking to get in the industry. Um, or stay current, you know, any of those things. But for me, it was like really a guiding light, um, to opening a shop, you know, finding and making those connections. And she helped tremendously. I can remember, um, it was in Seattle, you know, taking the time she's busy, right? A lot of people want to talk to Anne. Yeah, sure. And she took the time, you know, to, to spend, you know, with me and talk me through my whole business plan. It was, it was really, really amazing.
2: Consistently and like a, just a just a generous, kind, amazing person. Uh, so unbelievable. To, man, just it's such a loss. But but what a legacy. Um, yeah. And, and it, it speaks to how you know it's all about like building this community, right? These connections, these exchanges, this associations, like that energy. Like, well, like I'm I'm gonna guess Andy and and, and Matteo when they saw you, they were like thinking like. Look, this guy's got something going on let's 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 ha- let him tell us what do you want to do, right? Like they're trying to connect and really maybe dial you in, but also listen right that's that's what's that's the best yeah you of, know later
4: later it was later
3: that I realized that a, a lot of people um that were opening shops or maybe getting into the industry on a retail never went and put the time in to make cheese. uh-huh, you know, I spent a good solid year making cheese. being a cheese maker you know basically i remember going to raleigh and chris raleigh and spending you know i spent like weeks with him right and i got to a point where i guess i was asking too many questions and he had had me sign a confidentiality (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know and i was just like no dude i'm just but yes i will sign this but you do realize i am just and he's just like nah yeah
2: yeah. You were, you want to be able to geek out. So you want to really, you were trying to have an intrinsic understanding of the cheese. Yeah. But under, I guess. Wow. That's funny. That, that's a good, so sorry. Right, so you went to Jasper Hill. Then you went to Raleigh cheese. Where else did you, uh, you, you did like a tour of, of cheese makers and, and you got
3: your hands in the vat of these places. Yeah. I call it a uh, uh, cheese sabbatical, you know? So after Vermont, I spent my days off in Vermont making cheese, um, with Peter Dixon, you know, and the likes and, you know, all over. But then, um, Wisconsin then ended up in California at Cal creamery. And that was, that was where I wanted to see if I I could uh, do some retail work and see Uh if I had it, you know? And so I worked a holiday season in the Ferry plaza building. Whoa. Busy place. I bet. Yeah, they do. Like, I just had a really good week at the shop. I'm like super stoked because you know, it's time of year where, you know, you need those really good weeks. The money's Uh not coming in. It's starting to go out a little, they are trying to just plug holes, uh, but we did, you know, like twenty five thousand dollars at the shop, and you know, to to people in big cities. I know this because, like, for cowgirl, that was like a day, like wow. a holiday, <laughs> wow, <laughs> just really? cheese. Yeah. To, you good know, it was twenty 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 plus thousand dollars. It's just mind boggling. You know, like eight mongers all selling cheese at the same time, just you know, super busy.
2: I mean, different bills, different salaries, different uh, like yeah. It's I mean, like San Francisco. Sure. Yeah, I mean you know, you're talking uh, crazy um, real estate and all that but still just to com- just to be moving that much cheese is is, is that's something to see.
3: Yeah, I no, mean, even yeah, at yeah, the yeah. shop. So for us I was looking at, you know, the report and it was about, you know, $8,000 worth of cheese is, you know, it was roughly like 400 cheese transactions. If you average each of those transactions it's not a quarter pound, you know. There's so many, you know, things that came from the pandemic, changes, good or bad. A good one is that people started to learn how to cook, maybe and eat cheese. People are buying more cheese and bigger pieces of cheese. Like I love little that. Tiny slivers. Yeah, it's not it's not a thing. Everyone's like third half pounds these days. So, you know, we're talking about like a couple hundred pounds of cheese went out of our shop last week. That's yeah. To me that's freaking that's freaking awesome. That's good progress. Oh, yeah, well that's what we, to, to all the cheese because we work, you know, you know, only with independent small cheese makers. And that money does trickle back down and uh, it's really important. And if I could just be inspiration for anyone that's in a market where they're telling them, no, um, Hey, I'm in Des Moines. I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. it. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, I I bet there's some
2: advantages to being there too, but like total point is taken though. Like uh, our international counterparts, my, my perception is they eat more cheese than we do here. And I know this just from traveling a little bit and, Seeing how people purchase cheese and what they haul out of the store, yeah, the price point could be different and lower. <clears throat> Excuse me, but like when I do a demo sometimes, and I'm, I still love doing demos, I learn so much about people. I get like 150 inputs of opinions and vibes in a short span of two hours, three hours, and I can't tell you how many times in that span, someone will ask me, they'll 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 buy like a little piece of cheese, and they'll say, "How long is this good for?" Right, and what they're trying to ask me is. How long can I let like, to sit in my fridge before it goes bad? I think it's the question. So I usually give them my smart ass Northern New Jersey answer uh, about 45 minutes in my house. Like it'll be eaten. It's gone. Like, you know, that's not the answer they want, but like you still have them in the crowd, but I, I do feel like people are eating. I know I'm eating more cheese because of the pandemic, because I made more meals out of cheese during that time. And it kind of, now it's a little more normal for me to just to whack down a whole piece of uh, Longra or something, like it's no big deal. I eat the whole thing. Like, I'm not looking to, you know, save it for another day. So, you're seeing that kind of pattern grow too,
3: right? That's oh, 100%. It, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I think um, a, a true testament to that would be something um, like uh, Latour, you know, or those individual cheeses. It's like, yeah, that is a, that's a serving of Latour. cheese. That, but, but, or Longra or a, a pasta, that, that is a serving of cheese. Yeah, but that totally. also can can be your primary protein for a meal. You know, add a salad. Yeah, you know, a in a glass of wine, that's a, it's yeah, complete meal. Enjoy. 100%. I mean, and we're seeing we're seeing that in with um, raclette. I mean, we sell more raclette than we ever. in, and, and we're you know a bit behind, but I'm sure shops everywhere are seeing this. And people, that's a meal. People are seeing that as a meal. People are making more fondue. You know, they're making, you know, tart to flat or, you know, or they're just, you know, eating a whole Rush Creek (laughs) because it's really freaking delicious and you should just eat whole wheels of Harbison and Rush Creek. I mean, it's a it's a thing. We're really we're really lucky. We're in like the golden age of cheese, um, I believe, in the U.S. right now. I
2: love the idea that the golden age, I I hope you're right about that. Sometimes it can feel like we're in the dark ages of just the world, but I love the idea of being in the golden age of cheese, but let's put a pin on that for just a second. We're going to take a short break right here. And I want to dig into more about what's going on uh, with us. It's at the shop with the cheese bar right after a message from our sponsor.
1: Forever Cheese, a leading importer of cheese and specialty food, has sourced exceptional products from Italy, Spain, Portugal, and Croatia for 25 years. Offering a wide selection of artisan cheese, charcuterie, nuts, crackers, preserves, and more, their products are sold in stores nationwide. Forever Cheese seeks out the best of the Mediterranean and focuses on sharing stories from their family of producers— Each product has a unique story, and their goal is to celebrate each one. From drunken goat to genuine fulvi pecorino romano, mostarda to mitica marcona almonds, and duya to jamon iberico, Forever Cheese is proud to offer products they love from people they believe in. Their passion, quality, and range are unmatched. Learn more at forevercheese.com and look for their products in a grocery store, restaurant, or specialty food shop near you
2: welcome back everyone we're here chatting with cj bernard here on cutting the curd on the heritage radio network um cj um yo you got a restaurant too the
3: cheese bar yeah so this this happened by mistake <laughs> this was a this was a mistake mind you really how does that how does
2: that yeah. accidentally, mistakenly <laughs> open up uh, a restaurant
3: Uh, well you, when you have a shop, it's always like you want to make sandwiches. Cause it's like, oh, you think like I have bread and cheese. I might as well make grilled cheese. Well, we started that, um, about six months after we opened the business and it just was an animal. It overtook our business. Um, so anyone thinking or in the same position, it happens, you know, (laughs) be careful what you wish for people were waiting for an hour. We have, mind you, we have like 26 seats, 28 seats, something like that, small space. People were waiting an hour to have a grilled cheese sandwich and like a cheese plate and some wine um, at our shop. So we knew it was a problem. We, I also have some business sense about me and I was like, we're not making money. We're like, we're breaking even doing this the way we're doing it. We need more tables. We need to be more efficient. It's like either we, we stop doing it right um, and then, you know, a bunch of people don't have jobs anymore, um, or, uh, we expand. And I sat down with those people that wanted to, you know, be on the culinary side of things. Our staff is like 20 at that time. You know, we're down to five people now at the, the retail shop and we're 20 plus at the restaurant. Like, um, oh. I sat down with them and said, Hey, do you want to do this? And they said, yes. I said, like, let's do it then. So, uh, we opened the cheese bar um,
4: 2015. Wow. Right
3: and, on. but this is an ambitious it. place. This
2: isn't just a grilled cheese place. You have 15 beers on tap. You have an ambitious oh, wine 30, listing.
4: 30, okay. 30, sorry. 30 my tap. Yeah.
2: 30 on tap, ambitious wine listing. From what I could tell, many of them are petite natural and not your mainstream, uh, you know, Pinot Grigios yeah. or, or, you know, Santa Margarita, Pinot Grigios. I mean, you got like a lot of deep, deep, uh, deep diving type, interesting wines. Uh, you got your usual suspects. You got rat fondue, grilled cheese, mac and cheese, soup, salad. But you make some of your own house charcuterie. I, when I visited you, you had your own pate, your own pate and
3: cru, or your own terrine. Um, yeah. So you meant you uh, meant well, Brett mm-hmm. Um We jokingly call him my ginger doppelganger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, everyone, like, all, everyone that that works in the business is like kind Of, like, a heavy set bearded person, so we all kind of look alike in some sense. <laughs> everyone thinks that you know that's CJ, you know, it's like yeah, everyone knows okay. me, but not at the same time. But, um, so Brett was he was a driving force for the restaurant and his passion for charcuterie and like making those things. He does, he did go to culinary school, he studied, went to France. Um, just in love with sausage and he does an amazing job with pork meat like he's just really got it it's a science as you know coming from that I mean it's really is yeah, like, it's totally. there's makers and there's cooks you know right. and then there's like there's sausage makers <laughs> yeah
4: and he's right, right.
3: Of, that, that, of that um that ladder and I joke and say he you know he's so tied into the to pork he has pork fat uh, coursing through his veins and then as soon as I say that I'm like oh that's that's not that's probably not a good thing. And I'm like, but it is also probably true. <laughs> it's like, the man, just like lives for, lives for this stuff, you know? And that passion and you know, his willingness to want to do that uh, led to us actually partnering. So he's a chef partner um, in the restaurant. That's really great. I myself, and I told him this, I said, I can't be in two places at once and I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up on this. I'm going to, I'm a wholeheartedly in at the shop and I will help and do any and everything I can to make this restaurant successful, but I can't be there, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it works. And I think, you know, it's confusing to some, but you know, I, I, have people and, you know, new employees and they're like, who are you? What do you do? And they realize that, you know, I, I get called when there's any problem. So if there's, you know, uh, whatever, uh, a customer yeah. harassing someone, you know, I'm the one that has to, I'm there calling the
4: cops, you know, oh my <laughs> God, the God, ice God, machine's God. not
3: working. I'm there getting the ice machine to work or if something yeah. catches on fire. You know, I'm there, you know, whatever <laughs> legal issue. If you need a cash advancement, you know, all those things I'm there. And I'm, I, I jokingly refer to myself. I'm like the owl, right? I'm just, I'm always just like, I'm there. And I'm also there at like night in the, when people aren't around or, you know, they don't see me, but I'm always there. Yeah. And, and you're, um,
2: you're uh, married and you have two young children, right? Your wife, uh, Carrie, Carrie uh, Beiner. Am I saying your last name right? binert right? Is I like
3: the way you say word? it. I'm going to let you go with it. I'm going to start saying it,
2: Beiner. How do you say As it? Beiner. Well. Beiner. Dang it. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's German. It's German, but no, it's okay. My bad. My bad. My, please excuse me. Uh Beiner. CJ Beaner and Carrie Beaner. Uh, so you're married, your wife Carrie who I met briefly. I like you, Bynar.
3: But, I am going to go with Beaner from that now That would be I'm the like, French version. CJ CJ
2: Beaner. Beaner, Yeah. And so you uh, how involved is or was, was was your wife more involved and let more is she still involved? Yeah, very I much involved.
3: I was a, a cheesemonger, she was a QuickBooks monger and still is. That's a lot of the, uh, you know, the business side of things. Oh, but, hey, it keeps you straight. Yeah,
2: 100, 100%, 100%, 100%. I'll
3: tell you if you're 100%. out of bounds with the with the budget then. Yeah, 100%. Um, accounts good. payable, accounts receivable. You know, she lives by that, which is really helpful. And, and just being a, a solid partner, um, yeah. that was kind of our goal. You know, in, in marriage, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're we're into partnerships, and this yeah. business is going to be a partnership, so we did it together. But, um, you know, her passion is art and uh, education. She's working now uh, with the local Schools doing um, substitute teaching. Uh, she has a permanent position currently, um, doing some cool stuff in the same school that um, our kids are going to, uh, which has been really neat. But like she's kind of yeah a shoe in for an art teacher or something like that. Which I always had a crush on the art teacher, so I'm like, like hey. living out my childhood fantasy I guess. That happy um, guy. It sounds like so, yeah, she'll she'll always be involved though. One hundred percent. You know. so you got
2: so you got you got a you have a a marriage you have family life you have a restaurant life i sometimes hear about fishing so i'm sent i always sense about you that you've found the somehow the secret sauce on how to mix and ma- and make and manage business and do a life balance maybe it's the you keep a certain schedule is that one of the biggest clutch moves like don't try to open 8 days a week
3: like like what is What's the best move in, on the chessboard to try to strike that for you? What is that? And it's slow money, right? We've always been that way. Uh, we started the business. Um, every you know bank um, just laughed at us. Partners weren't going to work with our mm-hmm. minimal margins and profitability. As anyone in this business knows, it's it's gotten only really harder. But um, um, yeah, we we realize being open book. You know, sharing that with everyone and understanding uh, that we're all in it together uh, was really important. Um so we you know Ari Weinberg Zieggermans yeah. was a was a mentor in so is. He's someone, you know, he tells everyone, like, here's my number, call me. You can actually call the guy and like he Just will an help you. Guy. He's freaking amazing so i know awesome. he
2: enters my emails i'm like whoa it's like it's, it's just, just, yeah, again, another just
3: incredible person so Generous. so he in in zingerman's have been really great and i remember talking to him before opening the shop being like hey i'm a little nervous everyone's telling me des moines is a bad idea and he goes i'm in in our room michigan how's it any different
4: and yeah he's you know. like mic drop <laughs> you know it's like oh. Oh. yeah yeah you're right yeah yes,
3: you're right
2: <laughs> there's like an advantage maybe in some in some way yeah. You know, you can kind of just see, you can see the forest through the trees in a, in, a, in a place like a Des Moines or a, or a, uh, a Grand Rapids, but like you've got, um, but you're, you're not open seven days, right? You closed two days, Sunday, one
3: day? Sunday, Sundays and Mondays. So to it's close, always been a,
2: Sunday a family, Monday. Bi-
3: a family yeah. business, uh, coming from retail, you know, Sundays are a big day. Um, they're also a day where it's usually mandatory for management to work. Um, I never wanted to get into that and have that be a thing. Um, Most of my staff has been with us now um, 10 years. Wow. Yeah. It's really amazing. We're kind of turning over um, actually my shop manager who's nine years is, you know, moving. He's relocating um, to South Carolina. So if anyone down in the Carolinas is looking for an amazing manager, hit me up. Or if anyone's looking to be an amazing manager and wants to relocate to an awesome place like Des Moines hit me up. Um, there you go. But uh, yeah, right there. he got wow. this amazing opportunity, you know, his wife is was the only connection here and she's like, you know, I can work remote and want to go explore. And so they're going to go do that and I'm happy for him. But it's like, I'm not so, so bummed about losing a major though. It's, you know, it is, you know, it's kind of stressful business wise. But um, I'm, I'm really bummed losing such a good friend, you know, and that's what we all are. Um, we call ourselves like a cheese family and we really are a family of sorts. You know, we, we hang out outside of work. If you're going to work with somebody or a group of people, you you best like it who you're working with well that's
2: that's, the litmus (laughs) if you if you dig hanging out with them after you've worked all day with them that means you like that person that's that means it's a good company and you and you're you got a thing you got a special thing actually it could be a precious time to really cherish because it's a chapter it's a time where well let's
3: let's face it no one no one really likes working with other people you know it's just a matter of toleration and it just makes tolerating working with others when you like them as a, That's person. a strong it, it, statement
2: i mean sometimes
3: <laughs> I, I mean i don't know i mean
2: i sometimes I, I don't get to be around people like you do you know I, I, many times i'm in the home office i love being around people some people are shocked i'll do a store demo they're like what are you doing a store i was like i i need it sometimes i need to talk with a lot of people in a short span of time and i also love just the interactions i love trying to understand people and and discover the good in people along the way, hopefully. And but what I I, I, I I miss the days when I worked in kitchens, um, when you know where we had like this real family and strong bonded, like team like thing, because we would do a lot of hard work together and then we'd go ahead and, and you know have some, you know, we'd see each other at the bar at a barbecue on our day off or something, we'd still yeah. see each other.
3: Well, I think that's what makes working together possible, honestly, is when you break down those barriers and those walls and you can talk about things, you know, and everyone has their strengths and you can play to those. And, um, yeah, that's that's what I guess I'm referring to um, in, in a team is, mm-hmm. is having that, you know, that communication. And that only comes from, you know, breaking down those walls. And I think having meaningful relationships, you know, out, outside of the day to day, you know, I no one just clocks in and clocks out. Yeah, in our businesses, and no one's there to get rich. Myself included. You know, if I if that was the case, you know, we'd have like six stores in a warehouse, shipping cheese across the country, and yeah. be open seven days a week.
2: Not like selling like real estate condos in a, in, a, in a housing boom, but like, but the uh, or according to some of the people I know that they do that, they're doing well, they're doing pretty good. But um, in it, inflation has impacted. I mean, everything, right? So, but you've seen, you've told me you've seen a, some kind of benefit. And you were kind of talking about it a little bit before but you're saying the gap is smaller between like going
3: out to eat and, and or or what is the where what do you mean by that I'm interested to talk to others um you know in retail in other parts of the country about this but you know we've always sold this ultra premium product and you know yes 15.99 used to be the most expensive cheese okay so I can remember that and then it was 20 then it was 29 now it's 40 15 you know, and, and, uh, and it's always been this like, wow, this is really expensive thing, but now everything is really expensive. You know, the food is, you know, kind of caught up to what it should be, right? Like eggs, for instance, it's a good example. Yeah. Dude, a bag it's of like,
2: chips. I almost bought, a, I bought, a, I tried to buy a, a, a bag of my favorite snack, my favorite cheesy snack, pirate booty. I, I was in one of those big stores. It was seven ninety five. dollars I, I dropped it like it was a hot piece of lava. I had to like really talk myself into it. I'm like, what? Eight bucks for pirate booty? This must really be pirate booty. <laughs>
3: that's <laughs> hilarious. must be some real pirate booty inside. But uh, and, so we've always our eggs have always been six dollars a dozen. They were actually they were five. Only in the last probably two years did they go up to six. But even at five, people thought I was crazy. You know, and I'm talking like. Yeah. 10 years ago, I was paying $5 a dozen for eggs in our restaurant because I, an egg's not an egg, you know? There's so
2: much to there's – a, there's a rainbow of quality for eggs. I mean, there's a scale. I mean, yeah. um, I, I hope I could always afford a good egg because there's a difference in how way it tastes. And I, I consider it, a, 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 you know, money well spent when I buy the better egg. Um, yeah. You know, I'd rather give, up, give it up somewhere else. Like, I'll skip a Starbucks run if it means having better – better eggs you know like get the yeah, good egg we, it comes out a of a farm. chicken's butt like get the good yeah. egg you, you know we you have can... a
3: farm that just makes eggs for for our restaurant that's that's like that's our oh, only thing yeah wow. they, they raise chickens and produce eggs just for a restaurant and it's yeah we call it a a royale um is it because like it's like
2: european like pulp
3: fiction or, or yeah exactly just kind of like a play but it's just an open-faced grilled cheese with mornay and egg it's some local ham and bacon it's pretty
4: delicious. hell yeah i love the um, sound of that
3: but now uh, like people are like wait you got 6 dollar eggs like hey can i get some of those eggs <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> our eggs are a deal now you know? it's a deal
4: yeah it's a deal um
3: and i feel like just in general people you know they they're looking for quality people are sick of getting ripped off you know buying 8 dollar pirate booty you know you're yeah it's crazy the gap is smaller that's what you yeah, mean yeah something so now, real and authentic and mm-hmm. i mean more often than not people are like Whoa, that's all that cost it's
4: like yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and it's by the super. way great
2: service in, in, a, in an independent shop like yours
3: you know you know you're going to get yeah. great service like it's a diff, it's an experience in, in tip you know and i didn't want to do tip i just was like i'm just against tip i don't want to do tip everyone's going to make Make money. We'll pay them. Don't don't leave a tip. You're, the tip is you coming in here. Thank you so much. Like more of a European thing. That's our whole thing. It's like how can we be more U- European? Uh-huh. It's all about the the service, the quality of the product. um mm-hmm. But uh, and this is in the shop, not the yeah, restaurant. right. The yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sure. or no or no line on the receipt and customers are like writing right. it in themselves and like Oh, gotcha, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, yeah, give me the first right there and like you have to have a tip line. So we put a tip line in and wow that really changed things. You know So you do in, have a tip it,
2: line, you're saying at the retail shop? Yeah, at the retail okay. shop because
3: of what you're saying, um, yeah. you know, the service aspect. There is so much there so um, much service that that goes into mongering. And so anybody with the shop, and you know, if they're thinking about it and doing it, not doing it, I think everyone does it now. They probably all, everyone probably charges a you know a credit card charge too, you know, but uh, which we don't. But um, everyone should yeah, do it and we, feel good about it. Like I, yeah, I think, I think who's, every, anybody listening to this podcast?
2: I'm pretty sure it's cut from that cloth. I just wish we could tell their you know. The, the folks who don't listen to this podcast, you know, if there's a way yeah. to get them to, but I think it's progressing in a good way. I, I, I do feel that there's more tip conscious, the consciousness of the minds of, 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 of tipping is I think, uh, broadened. Um, what, what is your wish for the cheese community in the American cheese society? Like, um, if we're going to, you know, have any grace notes before, cause we're, you know, we're going to get near the end of the program here, but well, I want to make sure we're fitting this in like, um, you know, as a cheese shop owner, what would you, what would you, would you wish for the ACS and the cheese industry? You've talked about how
3: it's enriched you. What would you hope? Yeah. Wish I, for that? you know, I just hope it, 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 we need more independent retailers um, mm. in our retail landscape. Um, and that, I don't care if you're selling flowers or meat or herbs, anything, you know, like, um, Stationery or fabric. I don't, you know, as long you as know, those it's, are good uh,
2: add-ons to think about. Fair. Flowers yeah. and stationery, actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. seriously, good why margins. not? I mean, good you have to conserve is the chocolate.
3: <laughs> throw a few flowers in there. Some, some <laughs> um, cool. The stationery. I got I enough. I got enough. I got enough going on. I don't need to yeah. do that. But um, you know, it's it's um, getting you know more independent retailers, um, brick and mortar sh- shops throughout the country. I think is really important uh, for our producers, uh, for the, the farmers, um, uh, there, um, you know, as we live in, you know, a time where, you know, we have three main grocers, you know, in the whole country or something, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. They can control a lot and they can, um, apply a lot of pressure, you know, to those, those producers. And that, that frightens me, but um, if a lot of yeah. little guys get together, we can, we make a big difference. And yeah. so I think ACS is a, a really great, um, you know, resource and stepping stone for anyone uh, in the business or thinking about entering the business. And I'm also always open. I have talked to a lot of people uh, for good or for worse. I mean, maybe i tell you what not to do, you know, a bunch of really dumb ideas or something, but, uh, mm-hmm you know, share my contacts, you know, reach out, DM me on Instagram, um, email me directly. Um, my email's on our website, G shop. you know, I'm, I'm an open book cause I really do think, you know, that's what we, we really need is, uh, more, um, of these independent, uh, shops and it's more of the European model as well too, uh, if you will, um, you know, you have the fromagerie, and then you have the grocery store. Both you can get great cheese. But if you want to find that that farm-made raw milk cheese, you're going to go to the fromagerie. It's not going to be in the grocery store. And that's kind of the delineation that we need um, in our country. And then the bridging the gap between the, the consumer um, and the producer, you know, I think ACS does a really good job of that, you know, with the catalyst being, you know, being the the retailer, um, you know, wholesaler. You know, someone like yourself. You know, that's you know selling yeah. cheese. You, you kind of get a gauge, kind of what the industry is doing. Promote things. You're changing the landscape and enriching people's lives. Yeah, we're the
2: connector, right? But that the catalyst
3: yeah. really is the
2: the cheese, really, right? The cheese, is hundred percent, right? Yeah, I like to think I'm a connector. I like to refer to myself that way. If anything, if I had to pick a generic word, that's what I like to sometimes. Just think, you know, simply or, or be sure I'm doing that. You know, I, I think we all want to be doing that. Connect, connect the cheese with the producer, with the customer, create the isosceles triangle. You know, yeah. Make,
3: make, and at make, the end make, of the day, everyone gets a little piece, you know, um, or we, yeah. we take our fair piece. You get your fair piece. The producer gets their fair piece. And, you know, and it, and it works. And that's that's what needs to be done. Um, yeah. Um, for and we for want, a healthy and, and to, landscape. And all the, all,
2: all, of course, now getting into the landscapes and all that, but, but even just getting the cheese sold in a healthy state is, is I'm looking at on the other end too. Like yeah. that's the, the priority I want to see happening more and more or growing, you know, like, I yeah. mean, well, you that's know,
4: education.
3: Or, we just got to educate yeah. our, our customers mm-hmm. like we do and just mm-hmm. tell them what sucks, you know, stop eating that. That's bad, you know, <laughs> yeah. or if you like it, I mean, that's fine, but it, it that's really ammoniated or that's really dry. Um. But you know, maybe we won't get, him.
2: maybe we wouldn't be in this dilemma if we can get people to open their minds a little more to have cheese as a meal, right? This, I yeah. think, is a good thought. We have cheese as a meal, like just as a normal thing. If I tell this to my Uncle Louis, he's like, what are you talking about? So I, you know, it's a snack. <laughs> like, like the Uncle, well, you just made a meal out of it. You just didn't call it that. But like, literally, intentionally make a meal, you know,
3: yeah. out of cheese, and I think is a beautiful thought for so many cheeses. Well, so many um, people eat cheese before a meal. Um, and they get, I mean, you get, you're full by the time you yeah. go to eat your meal. It Just start. Just, just do it. Do the whole eat, thing. Eat, or eat cheese after a meal, you know. Um right. Just have a, look, a few nibbles. And then, you know, yeah, like you're saying, are just, you know, have cheese, multiple courses of cheese. Throughout the day, you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner of cheese. I mean, It's pretty yeah. versatile that way. Come, come say hi. Come to the shop, you know. 100%. Town, uh, for ACS, go to the cheese bar, hang out. A drink i mean it's a laid-back place the cheese bar it's a you know that's what it's meant to be it's not like super fancy it's casual um but a really great great cocktail um program um our beverage director there is a dear friend of mine he does all just an amazing job there if anything just come for a drink Um, well well, hold on to your cheese
2: knife yeah because with this we never know if the podcast you got some extra listeners that you might have to be resorting to the resi app or something uh that week who knows <laughs> good luck with all the people lining up down the street for your grilled cheeses but cj thanks so much for joining me today on cutting the curd to talk about what's going on with you and your world leading up to the acs conference in des moines and uh good luck yeah good luck with all the people flooding your shop and restaurant oh yeah no
3: it's couldn't not be happier. It's awesome. and Excited and thank you again. This is really, you know it, man, really awesome. I'm uh, so
2: glad we could do it. And I uh, we'll, we will many of us will see you soon. Uh, all right, everyone. You can follow CJ on Instagram at Cheese Shop DSM. Plus, you can follow us on Instagram at Cutting the Curd. And please follow me at Sting Chef. Please listen and subscribe to Cutting the Curd the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please give us a five star rating if you like us a lot. It will mean so much and really help us broaden our audience. Lastly, if you're headed to Des Moines and you like running or you want to sign up to run or to support the runners in the Cheese leets 5K, please visit cheeseleets.org to learn more. That's C H, that's cheese. I should just spell it out. That is cheese and then leets, L-E-T-E-S.org, org, cheeseleets.org. All right. Thanks, everyone. And if you love someone, send them cheese.
1: Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.